Welcome to another exciting episode of the A Dosage of Lindsay podcast. I am your host, Lindsay May. Welcome back, everyone. I am so grateful that you're tuning in to another exciting episode of the A Dosage of Lindsay podcast. As you know, it's Wednesday, where we focus on all things wellness. I am blessed to share this space with a fellow city girl, sister friend, and a passionate mental health colleague of mine. Together, we will talk about her experience as a Black educator doing life-changing work at our alma mater in the inner city of Miami, the unspoken realities of teaching during the pandemic, and more importantly, how she is embracing wellness in every area of her life. Erica, welcome here today. How's it going? Well, I first want to just say thank you for even having me. I I don't take this for granted. So thank you once again. And I've been good. I've really been good. I've been, um, you know, kind of flowing as things come along and managing um, just life. So it's, it's been good. It's been good. I think that's for all of us. I think we're still trying to find our normal. I was talking a couple maybe a couple of days ago with someone about how I think if there's any year that we would remember in our life is 2019 because Mm -hmm. that was the last like you know normalcy for us like Mm -hmm. I won't even remember the year I was born well I can't even remember that I was like (laughs) (laughs) 2019 um is that year where we always go back to the same man if I wasn't grateful for any other year that Mm -hmm. was that year so I get what you're saying yeah definitely um yeah like like you mentioned like it was definitely a change like a new normal for all of us you know just learning how to interact differently just learn how to do so many things differently and it was it was challenging um initially but we learned to adjust and now it's another adjustment kind of getting back to a little bit to way to the way things were done before but still with social distancing in mind and still with you know the fact that we're still living with COVID and, and what that looks like now um especially after hearing so many negative reports, but then also hearing about people recovering. We don't really hear that enough in um, media, but I know for me personally, I was really, really nervous. Uh, Didn't know how to deal with it all. Um, I was one of those people that stayed in the house like for two months before I left. um, Once we were allowed and, and the only reason I went at that time, because as an educator, we had to go and retrieve our belongings. It was like we had one day to go get it because we ended up staying out longer than anticipated. So, um, and that was like that one time. And then it was just another uh, time frame that I stayed out. Uh, both of my children have asthma. So for me, it was just a lot of don't know, don't, there's so many unknowns. So, um, I'm kind of glad we're at a place where with more information being put out there with more information presented by doctors that we're able to now make, you know, informed decisions. So I feel, you know, a lot better about that. But again, it's still, you know, still a challenge here and there. 
Of course. I mean, I think everyone goes back to March 2020. And that's like that hard date that everyone can say that's the day our life changed. Because, you know, we were asked, like we were essentially told, stay at home orders, don't come outside, only for Mm -hmm. essentials. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a kid, and I hate to even put this out there, as a kid in school, you know, it's that mindset of, oh, I got to wake up to go to school today. I don't like school. Don't even know why I don't like school. But, you know, just (laughs) that mindset of having to leave home, go into school, go through that rigmarole and just be the kid. But this was real. This was mm-hmm. like, you know, whoever was dreaming those dreams growing up, I want them to know we wanted to take it all back. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to take mm-hmm. away all of those dreams of not wanting to go to school or like just staying inside all day because that's what life was. We were yeah. inside all day, every day. And it was like maybe the most frightening experience to date in my life. Yes, definitely. It was. It was, yeah, it was scary um, initially. And, and like you mentioned, just that interaction. And as, a, as an educator, as a parent, you know, I had to think outside of the box. I had to think about, okay, I need to come up with a schedule. I need to teach my children how to be more organized. Um, I need to teach them. It, it was even interesting just while we're all in our devices and for me to not use my typical teacher's voice where I'm projecting because it could possibly interrupt, you know, the kids as we move about, um, our breaks were different. It was just so much that at, at the beginning, I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? I mean, I didn't have to travel, right. you know, I didn't have to worry about, you know, certain things like buying certain clothes, like they have the uniform shirts in their pants, they could wear shorts, you know, <laughs> just in, in all that stuff. That was the breeze, you know, we had a more elaborate breakfast because I had more time, you know, to actually cook it. But there were some other aspects where it's just like, how am I going to approach this? And then even the kids, it was so hard to get the kids to join online. Uh, like my students, it was so hard. And I know this was an issue across the board. Um I can't say for sure. Well, I, I will say that my daughter, she attends another school in Dade County. And I would see like 50 students signed on. And this would not be um, categorized as an inner city school. However, where I teach would be an inner city school. And I would be, you know, lucky to get 10 kids. Um, it was more so like, five or four that were there on a consistent basis and this is with several several phone calls to parents like hey your kids are not signing on you know first my first thing was is everything okay right because um I don't know what's going on with the kids and so I didn't want to take that um for granted and by me asking that question I found out like about a lot of my students some of the struggles true struggles like they really really were dealing with some hardships and I tried my best to accommodate and see how we could work things out you know I would tell mom dad grandma auntie whoever answered whoever the guardian was um you know I really want to work with them but you know we have to work together that you know I I <laughs> I love my baby, 
but right. I can't give them, you know, anything. They have to do some work in order right. for me. They have to have, you know, kind of meet me halfway. And in right. some instances that just didn't happen, like whatever they were dealing with at home just really took over and mentally they just tapped out. Um, so that wasn't the case for everyone. That was the case for many and it would vary, you know, like they would be there two, three days and then a week or two, they're, they're out, uh, they come back and it was just, it was really hard. And I felt like I spent more of my time um, tracking down the students, calling students, um, than actually being able to, like my, my teaching, my, my planning period, that's what I spent a lot of time doing, trying to reach out and communicate with uh, students. I, I remember several times staying on my phone until 6 p.m., 8 p.m., calling parents like, hey, you know, this is my contact information please, you know, if there's any issues, and there was just so many, like, I, I felt, I felt really bad um, at that time, because yeah, it's, it's like, you, you kind of are aware of a privilege, but then you're also trying to figure out, well, how do I help them, if possible, depending on the situation, push through in the midst of everything, and it was just, it was hard, because for me, I just wanted so much for them and sometimes it was just hard for them to want want it for themselves in that right. moment right. at that time and I know your heart Erica I know that you're like a passionate devoted teacher that is not just there for the clock hours that is required mm-hmm. but your teaching goes beyond the clock it's like you mm-hmm. know around the clock you invest your heart soul everything into what you do I've seen you as a peer in the classroom just bossing it so I I I hear what you're saying it it is hard knowing that you are trying to do the best that you can do to give them the tools to make them successful but sometimes their environment you know Mm -hmm. aren't as conducive to receive the tools although they may come shiny and bright and packaged Mm -hmm. well but mm-hmm. if it doesn't have like a, a vessel that's ready to receive it, then it's just another object lying around the house and they not, mm-hmm. they're not able to recognize the value of it. So mm-hmm. I hear you saying that like there were challenges that like were hardship. Um, you know, I also heard you saying that like, like and, and I think I'm thinking about more so that growing up, looking at some of my peers and even myself, school going to the actual school building Mm -hmm. it was like man like it was a place of safety and refuge Mm -hmm. so we just took away a place of safety and refuge for thousands of kids because truth be told we don't know what happens I think as teachers educators we wanted to know what was happening in the in the house like we want to know what's going on with this kid why are they Mm -hmm. acting the way that they're acting So for some of us, like, what was it like finally seeing what was happening in the house? You know, um, in some cases, it it was still a little, uh, some things that we weren't privy to, Mm. uh, you know, you just knew that something was happening due to the inconsistency with attendance. You knew that something was happening because of the type of work that was being presented, Mm. the difficulty with being able to reach parents at times. And, you know, this is no um, 
criticism to the parents. I, I really, what one thing that it really taught me is um, like some parents, they are, they were just as overwhelmed, right? Overwhelmed wow. as the students, overwhelmed as the teachers, everyone, right? right? We're all dealing with things, um, with something, whether it's the loss of a loved one, whether it's the loss of income, there were just so many things. So, you know, I just, again, tried to put myself in that mindset whenever I did call a parent. Some parents were um, trying to work, were, were working two and three jobs trying to compensate for the loss of one job that they had previously. Right. Um, some of them were fortunate enough to maintain their jobs, but maybe uh, more were required of one parent because maybe another one lost a job or there was a loss of life, you know? Right. So there were just so many things that changed and I, I really feel like sometimes, unfortunately, the parents are not aware of certain resources that could mm-hmm. assist them um, because they're just so overwhelmed, trying to make sure right. that their kids eat, trying to make sure that their kids have mm-hmm. the basic necessities that it's hard to sit down and ask those questions or to even know what questions to ask. Right. So it was, um, it was eye-opening it just made me even more um you know just want to be more sympathetic and compassionate and just like hey I know they're going through things I'm going through things right so I know that they are they're they're not even in the same um mental or emotional space to know how to manage things so I can only imagine what the children are going through and then on top of that, whatever the children are going through, the parents are going through things and still having to be there for the children and maybe right. not even having all the tools to do all of those things because it was just thrown on us, you know? Right. Um, so I just, you know, the little bit that I did get to learn about them, again, it just really made me check my privilege. It really made me see what's out there and how to better service um the the kids that I teach I can't speak about kids anywhere else but the kids that I teach so making sure that I'm more you know relatable making sure again the first thing I say hey is everything okay so before when I see you know little things that can be perceived as attitudes or different things hey I have to pull them up and um come in come in come in son come in is everything okay you know so um that and then you know if I have to get them together I do but I just but I I, but because I don't want to make them feel like I'm enabling you know certain behaviors depending on what it is but I I definitely approach from a place of love um being way more patient with them uh yeah so that is one thing that I can say that I got out of this whole experience and you know just wanting to even reach out to parents and say hey well you know I don't know if this will work but maybe you can contact this person or maybe you could you know do this or definitely referring them to the person that is assigned to our school that's the mental health um, coordinator because I know a lot of our students and parents they needed that. Absolutely and I just want to touch back on what you said it's like sometimes like when we do you know, see what's happening within our students' life, because I think at times we may have, I don't want to say a bias, but we just don't know. Like, we see how Mm -hmm. some of our students are presenting, 
and we may we we may think we know um you know and sometimes society and the media doesn't good, do a good job of giving a better understanding of what the lived experiences of our students are but when we had that bird's eye view when we had that march experience it kind of allowed all of us to take a step back like man this is really what's going on in my students home and mm -hmm. how can i be that support to them like when we're seeing students they're like, you know, in just different scenarios. And we're like, I don't need to judge them. Let mm -hmm. me be love to them. Like, let me mm -hmm. let them know that I'm going to advocate for them and try to do the best and within my power to make sure that they succeed no matter what. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of teachers across the, the country, across the world, um, and that's what makes teachers so special is that, you know, we put our ourselves aside and we put our privileges aside to really like be those helping professionals to say I'm going to make sure you succeed and not only the student but the family um, mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier about there are some resources that sometimes the, the parents and the families the students as well don't even know about so, so just off the top like what are some resources do you feel like you can share with you know our viewers today that can help someone out to say, hey, you may not have known this, but if you tap into this resource, it can kind of help you out. It may not be something big. It may be something that they mm -hmm. already know, mm -hmm. but any little bit can help. Um, well, I think I'm thinking um, even this is something like kind of recent. A student came up to me and it, it you know, I kind of take for granted some things that I think kids know, but they just really do not know. Yeah. And the young man mentioned how he really felt like this particular school was not a good fit because he knew too many people. Um, and because of that, he felt like it was kind of like a hindrance. So I asked him, like, what, what do you want to do? And it was just like, I don't know. And I said, well, let's start with this. Let's start with you going to see your guidance counselor, you know, and whatever information or options they give, you take that information back to your parents okay. and you see what will work for you as a whole, as a family. So something so simple was just like, hey, he didn't think that he would have that option, but I'm like, you definitely do. And uh, getting to know the people in your, like the student services or in the main office of the school, um, building a relationship with them to the extent that you know who you could contact so that you could find out who is responsible for certain things. So if there's issues about schedule, you know, who is that counselor? Mm -hmm. If there are issues about, you know, mental health, um, who's the coordinator for that? If there was something that was concerning a graduation of, whether it's like, let's say they need volunteer hours, you know, just knowing who those people are. So if you could know who they are, if we teach our children, right? If we teach them, well, hey, this is how you would write um, an appropriate email. This is how you would contact someone. So this is how I would word it. Um, I really think it's important and just powerful to teach our children to advocate for themselves, but in a professional way. So I think that that's a missing piece. Um, sometimes parents, especially like with ninth graders, um, they're still really involved. And I'm not saying that they should not be, but I think while they're being involved, kind of allow the student to kind of lead the way while they're still standing there being present um, so that they learn as they become adults 
to do those same things uh, for themselves. So really just knowing who's there, how to write a professional email and advocate for themselves are like just some key things I would encourage parents to, you know, like reach out to the school, be aware of and, and feel comfortable with doing. Oh, even the emails. Sometimes right. I know initially the parents said, I didn't know how to contact you. I didn't know this and that. And signing on to the student portal, um, when you click on the actual name, like if they scroll down and they see, and this is referring to Dade County, I can't speak for Broward County, but if they type in that name and then when they go to the student email, if they type in that same name, it'll show them the email. So that's, that's a way that they can contact the teacher directly. And I, you know, a lot of times I don't get enough emails. Like when I'm trying to reach out to someone and they're saying that they've tried to reach me, I check my email three times a day. Right. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know what happened, you know, at the very beginning when they were like all online. So there was some difficulty with uh, students being able to get the information, logging on to the, the school's website because there's a lot of information okay. there as well. So um, th that would definitely be some things or words of advice as far as staying in uh, contact with the school staff. And those are like things that I think, like you said, we take for granted that people know, but mm -hmm. you know, I had to go trial and error with learning how to write like an email to address either a peer or maybe an administrator or my mm -hmm. teacher and mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't even know how I was addressing them, but, um, you know, I would try to be professional, not to say, what up, how you doing? But, you know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, I hope your day is going well. Mm -hmm. And then you lead into your message. And that can go a long way um, mm -hmm. because sometimes on the receiving end, we don't know what like that person has gone through through that day and how they may view that message. Yeah. And sometimes talking through text and through email communication, you know, it's different than just picking up the yeah. phone and calling and saying, hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. And just like making your request known. But sometimes mm -hmm. when you read it, it may not be what was intended, but just how like we arrive at the message. So I appreciate yeah. you for like breaking that down because it's it, it can help someone out to like really be an effective communicator. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so sometimes I take those moments um I remember I did um a couple of like summer camps and that was something that we actually went over how to write a professional email to like in uh if you're interested in interning if you um. are trying to contact your teacher because if, if you're looking at you know a possible job because the way that you were worded it may be very similar, but there's some parts that would be really different, but you do want to make sure that what your intended message is, is what comes across and that right. it's not, you know, offensive and it's not considered, you know, unprofessional, culturally insensitive, any of those things. So I think that um, it's, it's very, very important um, to do that. And I know sometimes parents, you know, I, I'm not sure they can be in the middle of something and they just get straight to the point. Um, and so, you know, that's fine as well. You know, I just make sure that I write it professionally. But um, when I do have those moments where I can speak to my children, like if they come to me and they're like, hey, miss, I, I need to write an email. I need a recommendation letter. And so that that's where 
And like you have those moments where it's like, okay, well, this is what I'll send to you right. and highlight certain things for them to pay attention to and basically explaining to them like what was like the thought process for that whole thing so that they can then do it themselves and then they'll have something as a as a model you know for their future yeah like a frame of reference man i love mm-hmm. it um because we're helping people to now like it's a community way of communicating so that everyone is heard they feel validated and they know that like we're doing our best to keep the flow of communication just super fluid Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit more, Erica, and I appreciate your time and you sharing all of this today with us. Like you could have taught at many schools in Dade County, but what led you to go back to our our alma mater to teach? Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was, first of all, I love my school. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, it's just like, if I'm going to be anywhere, that's I'm, right that's where I'm going to be because I feel like going to any other place it would just be I would probably feel so conflicted you know I would mm. not raise my hand I would probably not wear those colors because right. I would just feel like mm, that's, that's, that's so unnatural but um more than that I I I have a heart for that community I am that community you know and just with me being able to go to school and learn new things and, and feeling like, you know, I, I was kind of okay in, in high school. Like I want to say, I know I graduated with four point something, but right. I can't remember now. That's so long ago. Um, <laughs> like if it was a 4.2 or 4.6, one or the other, I know I was in the top, uh, I want to say like, yeah, the top 10% of the class for sure. But um, I went to college and I had a hard time. Like I, it took me some time to finish. Um, and so I had all these challenges. And then with life, you have all these labels of who you're going to be because of where you come from and, and what you're capable of doing. So when I finally finished college because I wanted it and I saw the value in it and I felt so empowered, I felt like, hey like for real for real whatever I want I can really get and do this and so I wanted to pass on that feeling and what better way to pass it on to a little girl that's coming from the same school the same community that I did that hopefully I can speak those words of positivity into her and let her know like for real if that's what you want focus on it you'll figure out what it is that you need to do and go get it and, and so like, I really have those um, talks with my, you know, it's like, I'm, it's, almost, it's almost like I'm talking to myself. Every, every time I see one of those little girls, when I see one of the young men, it's like some of the, some of my classmates that I know are doing well, you know, right uh-huh. now. So it's just like, I wanted to give back to, to someone like me. Um, nice. And if, if I made it through, it's like, hey, you can too so I just wanted to be that that kind of person for them not saying that they don't have it but just in case that they don't um I would be that person and if they do I'll be another one you know to let them know that you can get it I like that like I feel like if anyone can overcome any inner city um whether it's 
here in Dade, whether it's maybe an underserved community around the world, mm-hmm. I feel like we've developed the tools to overcome any obstacle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm good to break down in the story, but um, I was reading an article just this morning about a young man who was in a, a cult and it was just a very difficult time in his life where he moved all the way from, I think it was like Quebec for his family to live in Guatemala. And at the age of 15, he made the brave decision to escape. And, Mm. you know, he went into child protective services back in Canada. And it was to a point where he didn't even know at 15 years old, four plus four. Mm. And my heart broke reading that story, but this is what, you know, I was inspired by. He was saying like, no matter what comes my way, I've already lived the worst. Mm. So nothing basically phases me. And that's what I hear you saying today is like, you want to be that beacon of hope. You've overcome. Yes, like, you know, you've graduated at a certain percentile, but you found some rough patches in your Mm -hmm. own personal life. And Mm -hmm. by you overcoming, you're like, I'm about to go back into my community and be that hope, like for someone else to know that you got this, like, I'm going to be your cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I that, that that's like, if, if I could leave any legacy, like, I feel like that's, you know, the purpose, my, my purpose here is not, it's not about just me. It's not about what I could accomplish on my own. It's not about the material possessions, but it's about the people that I can bring up. Right. And it starts with it starts with our youth. It starts not only with our children in our homes, but it starts with our youth letting them know about their options. You know, like I laugh with my kids because as much as I, you know, try to be relatable, I still maintain my professionalism. And sometimes the kids right. they'll like to joke, Miss, you bougie, you bougie. <laughs> And I say, I'm like, I'm not bougie. I'm not bougie, sweetheart. I have options. And when you get to my point, you'll have these options too. And so they're like, oh, okay, miss. You know, so. All right, auntie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, auntie. And I'm like, child, please. Like, I'm everybody, everybody, auntie, either auntie or I'm I'm sister. Because, you know, I have my moments where I have to All right, sis. Yes. They're like, you're right. Like, they're like, sister, (laughs) Because they'll know I'll preach to them in a minute because, Bye. you know, I know that they're making decisions right now that they do not realize could have long lasting consequences yeah. or whether good or bad, um, that they are, sometimes they're fighting, but sometimes they don't really know what they're fighting for. Um, and yeah. I do, you know, and I say to them, we're not raising you to like, we're not teaching you to be kids. We're teaching you to be responsible adults. So there's just going to be a certain level of expectation that comes with that and know that whatever rules and expectations we have, it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of protection because we've seen so much happen that it's like, hey, we need to implement this in, in, in order to protect our kids. So I know sometimes they love it. You green, you green. I'll be that. I'll be green. <laughs> you flaw, you flaw. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, miss, that's 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 Buka. Okay, I'll do all that. Right. Just as long as you follow the expectation. And you know, sometimes I'm courteous enough to explain to them 
Right. While I have, why I have certain expectations, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh, right, miss, all right. Sometimes it's like, man, uh, but hey, at the end of the day, this is my classroom. Right. It is what it is. When you finish <laughs> school and get your classroom, you want how you so, how, however you like to, right. right? How you so please. And so they're like, all right, man. But, you know, I do try <laughs> to, you know, make it fun. They know right. I'm the teacher that. I'll, um, you know, coloring, coloring is for, you know, right. it's, for, it's for babies. Uh-uh. And, but I see you smiling, though. And they're up there having competition. Like, you color ugly. You, right, <laughs> like, right. they really get into it, you know. Um, because I see, Yeah, like something where it's interactive, something where they get to do, like, just kind of interact with the content in different ways because I, I teach history, right? So that could lead to someone like, oh. But when you're coloring maps and, and, and then when you're creating these anchor charts where you're showing me how you understand certain terminology or vocabulary, um, when you're creating your own political cartoons, like it just, they, that creative part, um, they, like, they like simple things like crossword puzzles with vocabulary, you know, like looking at the definition. So instead of just, you know, you reading the, the terms and matching it, <clears throat> looking at the definitions, it gives you a different way to engage right. with the content. So that's something that, you know, we're kind of getting back to now that we're in the classroom. That was really difficult to do right. online, but we found different ways, um, you know, with the, with the different polls and just, I had to use like PowerPoints and kind of figure out how to move them around so that they can kind of play like a matching game sometimes with the, with the uh, vocabulary and things. But we figured it out. We figured it out. And um, sometimes I'll be honest, I play music, you know, I could play the gospel. Certain artists, I'm like, no, I I do not play them. No city girls. (laughs) You know, (laughs) listen, there's certain ways, like, I don't want to get them too, too crunk in the classroom. (laughs) I don't want them to kind of go into a space where they think they're in the rap video. And I'm like, hey, come back. All right, get back up in here. Come back. You know, so, you know, I don't, you know, the, the Chris Brown, I love the little Chris Brown, like the old school, the excuse me, miss, and, you know, right. some some old school, some Belleville DeVoe, new edition, you know, they're, they're, no Gibeon. They're, they're, oh, oh, yes, I'll play Ooh. Gibeon now. I'll play me some Gibeon, you know, right. because this voice is butter, right? Um, But that's only with certain because some of my kids, they're not at a level where they can fully appreciate appreciate right. uh, all of their songs, but you know, try to play some of those songs that Heartbreak Hotel or have Heartbreak Anniversary, I mean. <laughs> Listen, and, and see, and that one, now they love that one, but I have to be careful because, you know, that was a TikTok right. phenomenon. So they'll break out dancing. I'm like, sit down, sit down sit in the chair. Down now. Not, not even sit down, sit down, <laughs> sit down in the chair. So, um, you know, sometimes they can get a little too excited. And I have to say, hey, we got to come back. But they listen, like, even when I play the church music, but they go, ooh, that's my song. And I'm like, girl, that's my song, too. You know, <laughs> like the inspirational nice. uh, gospel music. But, you know, play a variety to kind of cater because I have kids of different, um, you know, ethnicities. I even play nice. sometimes, like, African or compa and kids miss you in the song. I'm like, I don't even understand some of these English-speaking rappers, but right. I know how to get into it. So we're going to respect different cultures and we're just going to have a good time and appreciate it. So it's, it's you know, it's fun to hear some of their comments. And sometimes they may complain initially, but after a while, hey, miss, oh, 
I know you don't take requests, but remember that that one time you played this one, right? Can you run that back? Okay, I'll run it back. I'll run it back. I love it, Erica, because it sounds like that, like there's a mutual respect. They respect Mm -hmm. you and how they like, you know, give you these terms of endearment, auntie or sus, like in in some schools of thought or some like, you know, I want to say maybe different age, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on what age and like, you know, where you're coming from, it may be sound like it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, you know, you got to address me in this way, but we have to mm-hmm. recognize that we're teaching the TikTok age, the Instagram uh-huh. age. Um, and I know that's yeah. like a different ballgame, the, the age of Zoom, where you have to bring like unorthodox learning tools into the learning space for you yeah. to connect the dots. Like if I'm going to connect with a student over heartbreak anniversary and it's going to apply mm-hmm. in some unique way to get them engaged hey heartbreak mm-hmm. anniversary is just gonna have to do it today mm-hmm. um and and i love it because then it gets the students excited to know that i can have a seat at the table when it comes mm-hmm. to my learning mm-hmm. that you know it's not just man hard equations or hard stories about history because i mean history is another conversation and we'll talk about that in another other time that's another Mm -hmm. conversation for another time like critical race theory you know that's Mm -hmm. something that came to mind but it's Mm -hmm. so important for these students to know where they come from and know Mm -hmm. that they have people of their skin color that is rooting for them Mm -hmm. that is so 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 important so when you were talking I loved what you were saying like you have to teach lessons of maturity and it Mm -hmm. brought me back to this like you know when I used to hear this when I was a child I talk like a child I thought like a child, I mm-hmm. reasoned as a child, but when I became grown, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. put a gender to it, like a man or woman, I mm-hmm. put away childish things. Like mm-hmm. that's what came to mind. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the work, the work that you're doing. Like I want to transition now and just to kind of talk a little bit about wellness and, and how you're embracing wellness. Like what does wellness look like for you? Um, as we've been talking about the pandemic, how teaching is change for you but how are you able to come back and you know to get your peace to be back at your center what does that look like well um it consists of what I call mommy time out mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I just tell my kids um mommy's going to take a time out <laughs> and I'm going to either I'll take a nap or I'll just sit you know like in the room quiet space sometimes it's quiet sometimes it's listening to um uplifting music sometimes it's watching one of these shows where I could just look at it for pure entertainment and not um you know have to think or always be on you know um sometimes recently I started back with working out because I realized with working out so it's only been like three weeks Mm. But with working out, it gives me like a just a sense of energy. So it makes me feel like I can work throughout the day. If I can be transparent one time this year, um, while in school, I was a little frustrated with something like the printer wasn't working, a door was locked, everything that I had planned, like someone locked one of my, my storage room and I don't have a key. So everything that I had prepared for class the next day, it was locked in there. So I was honest with my kids. I said, hey, um, I'm a little kind of like 
frustrated because everything that I have for you is locked up. So I'm going to ask if you allow me a moment. So I have, um, and sometimes I share with them, I have like different videos or resources that I have. So I had this like progressive relaxation video that took about six minutes. So I said, hey, I need you guys to do this with me because I'm a little like, so they did it. Some of them did it. Some of them just watched. Some of them laughed because, you know, whenever they're introduced to new things, sometimes it's like, well, what is this? So we did it. And I'm like, okay, reset. And so although I had things printed out for them, I'm like, hey, we were working on um, a Venn diagram and we were comparing these different um, religions because we were speaking about one specifically, but there was also a recommendation to just kind of show this comparison of how it's different from other religions that may be uh, known to the students. And so instead of having to print it out pretty copy, I'll just, hey, let's do it by hand. You know, let's do it by hand. And then I still modeled it. I had the resources that they were supposed to read um, printed out as well, but I just had it up on my Promethean board. So we worked it out. It didn't go as smoothly or the way that I had planned, but we worked it out. But in that moment, you know, I hope I taught my kids that it's okay to say this is what I'm feeling, but I also hope that they paid attention to what I did to deal with those feelings. So I did the progressive relaxation. I got myself together and, you know, that is what we did. So I'll have those moments um, where I do that progressive relaxation, the music and sleeping that those are two major things. And like every two weeks, I go and get my nails and my feet done. So that's relaxing um, as well. That's what's up. Like, I think it's important to show wellness in different phases and aspects of our life. Um, Cause at times, you know, we will wait until the two weeks to get the nails done or we'll wait until the next hair appointment or the next summer to go to the beach or to plan the family vacation. But in the mm -hmm. moment we're saying, I need a mental vacation and it can't wait until next summer. It needs to happen right now if I'm going to be able to show up for myself, but more importantly, show up for my children and even the students that I serve. So I really, I appreciate that because mindfulness, we can do that in any moment. It's not like we have to say, we only do that at bedtime or before we say grace over a meal. But it can be as simple as I need to take a step back and I need to do a breathing exercise because if not, I'm 38 hot. I may say something <laughs> that I can't take back. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let me just breathe this out for a second. Let me take a mental vacation. Mm -hmm. um, and when we show kids and model this to them and mm -hmm. we're not being aggressive or like yelling or being angry, we're showing them there are productive ways to handle our anger or to handle mm -hmm. when we're frustrated. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And even if there's a time, because I can, I'll be honest, it'll be four or five. I said it, and by the fifth time, I may project a little bit more. I'm like, hey, now this, this is what it is. I need you. I need you to. I need you to listen now. I need you to listen. But um, as far as like what I may feel, you know, whether it's personal or whatever, you know, again, and and that was one time I did it for me. But there have been other times where I would just kind of read the room and I'll just see, I'm like, what's going on? Like, why is everybody so, did something happen? I'm not a grabber. You know what? You don't, you guys don't feel like talking? Okay, hey, let's go do this. Let me put on this little video, the self-facial massage. Let's go ahead and go through that. 
And I had a young man tell me, he was like, I had a headache. Now my headache is gone. You know, just taking that moment to just, you know, and I'm like, hey, sanitize. You know, they they have to sanitize as soon as they came in. You know, so I was like, you know, and I even gave them my little white cake, um, the little hand sanitizing wipe. I let them pour one and make sure your hands are real clean. Normally when you do this at home, make sure you wash your hands really good before you touch your face. But right. keep your mask going. At that time, the mask was still um, being enforced. But it's just like, hey, you know, like, do little things to take care of yourself. So um, even with the progressive relaxation, muscle relaxation, I told them, I said, this exercise is really to teach you how to be in tune to your body. So when you tense up, I need you to know, hey, your body is tense and you need to do something about that. And then when you release it, you know, in my mind, I personally think like whatever it is that's bothering me, I'm releasing it in that movement. So I know what my body feels like relaxed and whatever it is that's tensing up, or making me feel tense, I let it go. And so just having those moments, I did the mindfulness, um, right. the mindfulness. And I told them with the eating, we didn't have anything. Well, you know, I didn't want them to be in there eating, right. but just telling them some of the things that they can think about. So when they watch the video, um, I told them, I said, like, what were you thinking about that moment? I was thinking about chicken. I was thinking about, <laughs> you know, whatever they say, whatever I told them to visualize whatever their favorite item was, right? But I said, but in that moment, you weren't thinking about things that stressed you or you weren't thinking about right. this fight you have with somebody else. You were thinking about that piece of food, you know, or whatever it is. I told you to pay attention to the texture, to the smell, to the whatever. And that's something you can do on a daily basis because you eat, you know. So whenever you eat, you can do that and just teach us to kind of just be centered, to kind of be intentional about what we think about so that we can kind of give ourselves a break from give ourselves a break from everything else that's happening that's outside of our control. Um, but one thing we can do is to control or try to better manage how we react to the things that are happening to us. So um, some students are really, really, you know, receptive. They do it on their own. Some, they're not in a space where they can fully appreciate it. That's fine. I keep introducing them to different things. And my hope is that even if right now it doesn't you know, kind of fit eventually, it will, you know. Right. I think you're just laying the foundation. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. we just have to be there to plant a seed. And I believe other people can come and water it. And ultimately, um, we are the vessels where we can control, like, how that growth happens within us. Um, so, man, I'm so grateful that you were in those positions to really help foster those connections between, like, just education and wellness. Um, that social emotional learning in that little small space and sometimes you probably just have like a chunk of a block period to do it in but that mm -hmm. small amount of time that you're using each and every day it's mm -hmm. gonna it's doing such a great service to them in the future and they don't even know so so thank you so much Erica um, I really truly appreciate you sharing your heart today I really do thank you so much for just allowing me to share thank you for you know just acknowledging what I do and how I do it so that is greatly appreciated because sometimes you know like you said the kids themselves they may not recognize it in that moment so they're getting all these little nuggets they're getting all these uh, just words of advice words of encouragement from a place of love and it's not until some of them have graduated and come back or they're in the 12th grade and I have them as a ninth grader that they're able to see like, Miss, you know, you were hard on us. You did, but now I understand. 
I've made it into this school or wow. I was accepted into this thing. And so I really see like where you were coming from. I see why you were on there. So like, to me, that's, that's why I do it, you know, because sometimes we as people think that certain skills or just certain information everyone knows and we forget how much like how many small things people forget to say people forget to show you how to do it and so when I just take those moments and I see the big picture and it's like it's not about just making you get at this particular topic but helping you to be a well-rounded person um that that's you know that's that's Mm -hmm. the goal so and I would even like to say that to you know, I've, I've seen different interviews about educators, about the way that we approach things. And fortunate, fortunately for me, I have the mental health background, right? right? So there's a different level of understanding and approach that I have. Um, but even with me having that understanding, I'm limited in what I can do because I am being paid. My contract expects mm. me to teach the kids history. And right. even though there's a social emotional um like learning that's being pushed and that's being supported now is still within a certain parameter. So I can't have a whole class where I'm just sitting there talking about the student feelings because that's not not what I'm being hired to do. So when we approach things, especially in a public school um, where you are receiving kids from all walks of life, all different, like different types of problems, and for the most part, I get the support of my my parents when I am able to contact them and when I, you know, when I would finally get to the heart of what certain issues may be. But when I think about the powers, <laughs> you know, beyond powers may be, sometimes the, the 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 idea is, you know, teachers, they need to do this and they need to be more compassionate. They need to be, I believe for the most part, we are. Um, I know you have some bad apples there. I mean, I've even experienced with my own daughter, if I can be transparent, of a teacher, the way he uh, responded to me in the email, it was so unprofessional and I was just in shock. And my response to him was like, not, not once did you ever ask me or my daughter if everything was okay. Um. And so I was just like, it was a lot of assumptions that were made. This teacher happens to be of a different ethnicity of my daughter. Um, I just, he's been teaching for a very long time. And sometimes I think that can be um, a problem when you can be so disconnected from the students that you teach. But overall, when I hear teachers talking, when I listen to my colleagues, like we're in it because we love our kids. Like we don't be paid a lot. So, and a lot of us have different hustles, you know, like different jobs to, to kind of compensate um, for things, but I, I want, you know, people to keep in mind that as teachers, we're really doing the best that we can, the best right. that we can with what we're allowed to do and with what we have, and that looks so different depending on the school, like that can look so different, um, and they, and there are rules that are made that impact us all the same, like we all have to do the same thing, but sometimes without the same resources, and that can be tough, so, you know, if, um, if, a, if an administrator, if a parent, if someone can just tell a teacher, hey, I really appreciate you. Um, if they could, you know, 
I don't know, something that whether it's a, a little donut, a little something to hate, make <laughs> and, and if they're and if they're something. eating healthy an apple, you know, like because it can be hard. We are educators, but we are nurses, we are counselors. We are just like so many things. That we big, sisters, like moms. We are big sisters, moms. We are classroom mamas, fathers, yeah. and it is hard. It is it right. is so hard sometimes, especially like I said, in inner city school, it's so hard. So I want, but but I but I love my kids. Like mm-hmm. I love the kids, and I know mm-hmm. what they could be. I'm like this little girl could have been me. You know, this could have right. been me that is someone's aunt that I mean niece that's someone's daughter that's some just like mine and so the same way I would want someone to treat my daughter Mm. with with respect and compassion I want to give that I want to sow that seed so you know I would just like for other people to know that like just keep that in mind with the teachers this is a hard profession I know they feel like the days we have off (laughs) it should be enough but a lot of times those days are necessary for us to just kind of gather ourselves together to go back in there and do do the work that we do right well I mean from your lips to the hearts of many other educators administrators and just families people out there you know in my heart of hearts I wish that like you know teachers they get paid their worth but you know the times that we're living in not everyone sees you know it from that vantage point but Mm -hmm. I always feel like the what you all are getting paid in is like the lessons that money can't buy you know Mm -hmm. sometimes we think that money can buy people teaching people responsibility no Mm -hmm. (laughs) as much as we we, I can pay someone to be responsible you can't teach that I mean you can't pay for that or pay for love pay for Mm -hmm. compassion and pay for Mm -hmm. patience Um, those are just things that a dollar amount can't be placed on it. So my hope, my prayer is that like God continue to like, just bless the work that you do and all the other teachers, even the bad apples that are out there. I hope that, you know, somewhere along the lines that they find their destiny, their purpose, they walk Mm -hmm. into their calling, um, so that someone else can take the reins to really serve these children, these young people, the mm-hmm. way that they need to be cared for without mm-hmm. bias, without judgment, that they mm-hmm. take their own little time out and break so that they can get the healing that they need. But let me not go on that tangent because I may have to <laughs> preach a sermon on that and that alone. <laughs> but I want to enter into this space where at the end of my segments on um, adults of Lindsay, like, you know, I just want our viewers or our listeners rather to get to know our special guests. I always feel like my special guests are people that should be known in our communities that are doing phenomenal work. Um, But this helps us to get to know you. Don't judge us by these answers. This is just their opinion. Please. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Don't be sending no crazy stuff in the comments, but this is just a fun way to just show some love and just to get some laughter out there and for us to like get to know one another. So don't hate me after this <laughs> but <laughs> let us know this are you a Miami Heat fan or would you rather Miami Heat or Miami Dolphins Miami Heat all day Ooh. Miami Heat all day is something it's <laughs> so funny that you said that but yeah Miami Heat all day like the energy and that crowd is just mm-hmm. so so different um yeah if I if I were going to go with the football team it would be 
the high school where I teach, so I'm gonna leave that kind of right. take a little nugget when I say But yeah, Miami Heat all day. They can probably go up against the Dolphins and win, but hey, don't, you know, don't, hey, don't, no, I'm just so <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but you know. <laughs> we'll just keep that between us because we have so much like love for our alma mater, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what's your favorite holiday song? Oh, I know, right? Yeah, well, I gotta think about. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I holiday song. Well, I like the first one that kind of comes to mind, I think about maybe like a Jackson Five song, you know, like Santa Claus is coming to town. Um yeah, so I know it would have something to do with like an old school feeling, like for me, something that I heard growing up as a child. Yeah. So it, because that's the first one I could think of, I'll go with oh i love it jackson five up in this piece um what are three things on your plate for thanksgiving oh mac and cheese i know that's right um i have i'll have turkey i have some type of turkey and to be honest i know a lot of people eat like collard greens i might get judged for this but i (laughs) me and my kids like we eat kale Oh, so I like, like you. you know, but I, I season my kale like I get some little smoked turkey legs and I mm. put, you know, I put my the old fan put my put foot, foot in, in it. it. Yeah, yeah. So they like it. My people like it. So yeah, those would be like my top. I like that plate. I like that plate. I all right. This is another controversial one: sweet potato uh, pie or pumpkin pie. Oh, sweet potato. That controversial. <laughs> Listen, who eat pumpkin pie? I, I, know people, I, I, know people, I know there are people that eat it. Yeah, not in my household. We, 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 it would be more like, you know, a debate between the sweet potato and the lemon meringue. Sweet potato and lemon meringue. But really? Like that is. Yes, okay. Yes. And some people are so sleep. And I'll just say this. Some people are sw- sleep on sweet potato pie. Like, mm. And it's so good. And I'm going to shout out my mom right quick. Like she does this, um, she has a company called Mama Size Pie. So it's the holidays. You have to get her sweet potato pie. It's the best. All right now. It's the best sweet potato pie. I've had people walk up to me and say, this is the best. And and I had to say, hey, sis, hey, bruh, um, you (laughs) haven't tried Mama Size sweet potato pie. So I'm going to put that plug in for my mom. That thing is like you almost bite your fork. I think Uh-oh. I did bite my fork off. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, come don't, on. Don't threaten me with a good time. Don't let listen now. Don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need that information really quick. So I, I got can, you. Um, yes, I love the support. I got you. Um, the, the businesses. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, this is the last one. Today, I am grateful for. Finish mm. that sentence. Today, I am grateful for life, uh, my family, for health, and having a better understanding of what I've been called to do. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. That is so powerful. And I'm going to just sit in this for a moment because I know a lot of people are out there searching for what they've been called to do. But I mean, once you find it, lean into it and mm-hmm. lead with love. Like it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Like everything we do is coming from the heart. So yeah, I want to just sit in that, like that 
moment of just gratitude so that we can just be reminded of what, why we've been called to certain institutions, why we've been called to maybe um, reach and connect with people that we're serving in our community and just be reminded that when those days get tough and hard, like go back to the things that we're grateful for, for yeah. that center us, that keep us grounded and remind us of like, man, it's so much bigger than what we're going through sometimes. These people need us more than anything. So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that. Erica, it's, it's been a pleasure. I keep saying that it's been a pleasure, but like, I love like our conversations always. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's always like nothing but love, good perspective. And just like, man, just that hopefulness that like, we're going to do some great work. We're already doing great work, mm -hmm. but we know that we're going to like reach even more people um, because we're passionate and we know that the world can use some of the special spikes that we bring to the table, right? And I just to be, you know, to get to know you. Um, and it's so crazy because it's like, I didn't know you initially starting the program, but to get to know you was just like instantly. It was a connection. <laughs> and then when we found out we went to the same alma mater, it was just like, hey, yo, wait a no, minute now. This is just too minute. much goodness coming. <laughs> like this is too, you know, like too surreal. So I just appreciate you for just having like the confidence for having the skills for like kind of leaning into it because sometimes it, it's easy to or even scary to shy away from what we've been called to do because it's hard like people think that well if it's said and done and it's written then it's going to just come to you easy and knowing what you have to do comes easy but sometimes the path to take to get there is not always so easy. Um, if it was, everyone would be doing it, right? I know. But um, just the fact that you are doing that, you um, have been in art, an inspiration to me, the way that you speak, the perspective, the information um, that you present, and just being who you are, right? So I, I do want to take a moment to say, you know, thank you for being you, um, embracing you and, and, right. and sharing that, being so vulnerable and sharing that with, with me and, and, and others. Hey, man, anything that I can do um, to just make someone's burden light, I'm there making connections. I want to make them. And I always tell people this, it's always to make people like, you know, get to their next stop in their journey, always for the culture, always to kind of like, help people to get their voices heard so I do this with God's glory like it was him that put me on this path we make made these connections and mm -hmm. moving forward it's like if I'm growing you're growing if I'm taking it to another level you're coming with me that's always been my mindset so man it's all love Erica it's all love <laughs> yeah so man thank you all so so much for tuning in. Um, I had my friend Erica, uh, an educator and a, fel a fellow wellness warrior on today. I hope you were blessed and inspired by her story. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. See you next time or talk to you next time. Ciao. guys thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the a dosage of Lindsay podcast home to conversations of the soul i hope you enjoyed our time together 
Drop your comments and feedback in the comment box below or send me an email to share your thoughts and your honest reactions. Remember, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And make sure you follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at a dosage of Lindsay. If you want to email me, it's a dosage of Lindsay at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Ciao.